All right, guys. Welcome to the first breakout session. Glad you guys uh, made it out. This is going to be, I think, a lot of times some of people's famous, or fa- favorite, that's what I'm trying to say, um, parts of SMC is that breakouts. Um, because here you get to pick the topic, obviously, which is cool, and then we get to talk a little more specifically and narrowly on that topic to figure out what the Bible has to say about that. And so we're going to look at all the verses in the Bible that talk about smartphones, which is going to be great, which is a joke. There's no, ver- there's no verses on that. But we're going to look at verses that give us some good principles that can help us and guide us as we think about how we use our phones. We want to leverage them for good and avoid the bad that can come even in our life and in our walk with God. So uh, that's what we're going to be talking about for a little bit. So I'm excited about this uh, breakout session with you guys. Um, I was going to introduce myself a little bit. This is my family right here. Um, that is uh, Macy, my wife. My name's Jordan, as maybe I mentioned already. Uh, Addie is our little girl that she's holding. And then Alton is our spiky ginger right there in the, the front. And then Anderson's our oldest. So we're out at Mizzou. Uh, we've been on staff with Stumo now for, I think, 12 or 13 years, something like that. And uh, love the opportunity to be on the college campus and to get to really help people develop in their faith on the campus. So that's what we've kind of been about and uh, really appreciate it. So all that to say, like I mentioned, we're going to talk a little bit about smartphones. And as we do, I wanted to kick off with kind of an illustration to help us think about this. Um, But I was thinking about how, you know, before COVID and all this stuff hit, if you would have approached a lot of us in this room and said, hey, I've got an option for you where you are not going to ever have to go into work. You can just do it all remotely. You're going to have your part-time job on campus or whatever. You're going to do it all remotely. You're going to do it on Zoom. You're going to ever have to go to another class again. All your tests are online. And if I were to offer that up to you, you guys probably would have been like, wow, this sounds amazing, right? Like, this is the greatest opportunity I've ever had. And in a lot of ways, right after COVID hit, I think a lot of us were feeling that, right? Like, maybe you had kind of a tweener grade last semester, and you're kind of like, man, I'm not sure how this class is going to work out. And then it went all online. You're like, wow, I like my odds a lot better now, you know? A lot of us probably felt some of those that excitement that came. We're like, wow, this sounds amazing. Like, who set this up? This is great. But uh, as time has gone on, I think in a lot of ways, a lot of us have probably felt a little bit different about that. You know, maybe the GPA boost is great, and maybe some of you guys are still loving that right now. Uh, but I think in a lot of ways, a lot of people have come back around to say, you know what? I, I didn't really realize how much I actually liked going to class, or I didn't really realize how much I liked going into work. Sounded great to just be like, roll out of bed and go to work. You know, a lot of your parents might be in kind of that boat. But eventually it just kind of wears on you. You're like, man, what started out as something so awesome now doesn't feel so great, right? It's kind of almost worn out its welcome in a lot of ways. And the reason that I share that is that for us, when it comes to our smartphones, I think there can be a similar type feeling. Now, I don't mean that in the sense that all of us in here hate our phones or anything like that. I don't really expect that to be the case. Maybe some of you do. I don't know. But I think in a lot of ways, what came with such great excitement when we first got our smartphone, for some of you guys, it was when you're like second grade, some of you guys was in high school, maybe, probably a really big range on that one. But when you first got it, you're probably pumped. You're like, man, I can get to do all these different things. You're thinking all the social media platforms, you're thinking of everything. You're like, this is going to be amazing. But as time goes on, at least I can speak for myself on this. There are definitely benefits there, so we're going to talk about those here in a second. So I'm not out here to say that the phone is all bad or anything like that. But there's also been a lot of things that I've realized where I'm like, man, there's also things that come with this phone that increase temptation for me or that cause me to be lazy sometimes. There's negative effects that come with our phones as well. And what started off, I couldn't really see any of those effects at the very beginning, but now I start to see them over time. Does that make sense? You guys can relate with that to some degree. 
And so that's what we're going to do is try to think through, well, how do we leverage it for the good? And then how do, we, how do we avoid the bad like we were talking about it? So here's just a few quick ones. I could have had a really long list on this. But here's how we use our phone for good. Here's just like a few ideas of why our phones can actually be a really good thing. So the first one is staying in touch with people. I think that's the obvious one. Uh, it's just staying in touch with people is a great opportunity with our phones. You can FaceTime like anyone all across the world, which is pretty amazing. Um, we love our phones because we stay in touch with people. That's a great thing. Uh, you can even read your Bible. So if we're talking about growing in your faith, you can read your Bible on your phone. The entire Bible is just sitting in your pocket all day long, which is wild still. I'm like, sometimes I open the Bible app and I'm like, I can't believe the whole Bible is just on my phone. That's kind of amazing. Um, the next one is like different apps to help us grow in our faith. You might hear about some of those apps all throughout the conference. Uh, apps that help you memorize verses or apps that help you in your prayer life. I mean, there's a lot of things that, a lot of different apps out there that are available to you to help you to grow in your faith, even listening to podcasts, those types of things. And then even just in our lives in general, just getting things done more efficiently. Getting to send an email while you're just like doing, I mean, anything. It's like all of a sudden oh, i got an email you respond to, I can shoot that out. Or you got to connect with different people, you can do so much on your phone even for classes and that type of thing. And so for us, there's a lot of good that can come from this. So if we were to cut our phones totally out of our lives, we would also cut out some of the benefits that we have in our lives and things that make our lives better and easier. Now, at the same time, if we cut our phones out of our lives, there'd probably be some good that would come from that as well. And so how do we use those things uh, together well? And so I wanted to start off, I've got some stats throughout here. Obviously, stats aren't, uh, don't speak in total fact all the time, but I try to get reputable sources but they at least give us a little bit of an idea of where our society is at when it comes to different topics. So for us, phone use is the one that we're looking at in social media. And so this is according to Baylor. So Baylor ran a study, uh, and they found this stat. And they, as they ran this study and did all these polls and stuff, college guys, it said, spend an average of blank hours per day on their phones. What do you guys think the blank is? Just shout it out. Four hours? Nine? Okay. What else? Twelve, okay. Six, maybe was another one that I heard. Uh, they found that it was eight hours per day for guys on their phone. Some of you guys hear that and you're like, man, those guys have lost it. You know, like, I, I've got way less than that. Some of you guys are like, wow, I kind of have more than that, you know? So, again, we look at that, that's just the average. So that's the middle number. There's a lot of people that are over that number as well. So here's the interesting thing I thought about the study, though, is what do you think the girls' blank was in the study? <laughs> Everyone goes higher immediately. All the guys are like, 27, you know, <laughs> shouting it up. Yeah, so which one do you think is higher? That's an interesting one to think about. For girls, it was 10 hours a day. Girls have more friends. Maybe that's the reason. Girls are more popular. Girls talk more, maybe. I don't know, you know, tough to say. But, again, for us, that was just the study that I found. That was just uh, one, you know, studies I was looking around trying to find different things. And again, for us, if we can look at that, and if we're lower than those numbers, I think it's easy to just say, oh, I don't have a problem, right? But I don't think that's necessarily fair to say. Just because we are lower than this average of this poll, I don't know if that means that there's not something that God wants to see change when it comes to our lives that could really benefit us. Again, a God of more that wants us to experience more. Maybe there's a way that we can experience more if we were to pull back or to add certain things to our phone use. So, um, but I think this is why this is helpful for us to think about it is this isn't just like a small auxiliary topic in our lives, right? Anything that takes up that amount of time, which we'll circle back on here in a little bit, that is a really significant part of our lives. 
And there's a lot that has to do with us growing in our faith that requires time and all these different things that could really help us, but we're on our phones this much. And so that's why we want to have a breakout about it to try to figure out how we can navigate this as well. Because again, we mentioned some of the good things that come from our phone, but there's also some things that probably we would also admit are reasons why we're on our phone so much. So maybe some negative reasons like boredom. Maybe we're just bored and that's just where we go to veg out, you know? Maybe it's we're lonely or to like hide from an awkward situation. I know I've done that before. You're in this kind of awkward spot and then you just pretend like you are invisible behind your phone, right? All of us have probably done that before. Uh, Whether it's insecurity or comparison, like social media, I just get on there just because, you know, I'm comparing myself to other people to see how I stack up. Uh, Or even just to feed our own sinful desires, which we'll talk about here in a little bit as well. There's, if we're honest with ourselves, these are probably some of the reasons that we're on our phones as well. And so uh, we're gonna have a few times, and this is common in all breakouts, to for you guys to discuss with people in your chairs. Um, feel free to lean across the aisle if you need to or whatever. But uh, just keep your chairs in the same spot though. But what would you guys say, what is your average screen time? And what do you spend the most time on with your phone? What would you say? That could be for good or for bad. Feel free to just share honestly. So what I want to do is I want to help us try to think about this idea on our phones. And uh, that'll be the time you pull out your phones. Now we'll put them back away so we can lock in. But uh, for us, when we think about this, uh, when we are on our phones, this is something that we don't really think about a lot. At least I can speak for myself again. When we're on our phones, we are choosing to say yes to that. But we're making a trade-off because we're also saying no to something else. So that's something good for us to think about is... I think I just kind of slip back to my phone and not even really think about what else I could be doing with my time or who else I could be talking to or who else is in the room. There's trade-offs that I make when I choose to spend on my phone. And so what I want to do is take a little bit of time because this is a time where we're trying to help us move forward in this. We're going to look at some of the negative ways that our phone use can affect us spiritually and try to look at four of those things, four of those consequences that we tend to make trade-offs on. And at the end, we'll start to consider, is that a trade that I want to make? And so the first trade-off that we have that could be potentially a consequence on our phones is has to do with our desires. So that's the first blank you got on your handout there. The first D is desires. 1 John 2, 15 and 16 is a description that's broader than our um, phones, obviously. But I think it's a really good description for, for our phone use. It says, do not love the world. Uh, kind of talking about our society and what it values, or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. And I just thought that that list was an interesting list that actually comprised a lot of the negative sides of our social media and our phone use, I think. If you look at a lot of social media, there's a lot of just the cravings of sin that it kind of feeds in a lot of ways. There's a lot of lust that I think can be produced from time on the phone. Uh, And then there's also a lot of boasting, I think, Um, just trying to make ourselves look better than other people, if we're honest again. And so for us, this is something, again, that we're called to not do if we're to follow after Christ, is to not love the world and all the things that the world is about, and instead love God and love other people as well. But again, when it comes to um, lust in particular or a lot of these different things, these are the desires that a lot of times our phone use can really tap into. Uh, This was a stat that I found as well on Psychology Today. 67% of porn is viewed on the phone nowadays. 
And so again, for us, and I, I don't know if you guys look at that, but to me, that seems like a kind of a small number. I think it's probably actually higher in a lot of ways. That seems like a conservative estimate. But again, for us, if that's the case, if that's two thirds, if not more percent of that, that doesn't mean every time that you're on your phone, that's what you're looking at. That's not what I'm saying. And maybe some of you guys in here don't even struggle looking at that. But there are a lot of things, uh, especially porn, but even short of that, that I think can really cause sinful desires to be stirred up in us. Does that make sense? So there's a lot of opportunities to lust. There's a lot of opportunities on our phones to be doing these types of things. The way that the Bible puts it, this is in the context of adultery. But again, it's a principle that I think applies to our phones here. Proverbs 6, 27 through 28 says this, Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So what it's just simply saying here is we can make certain decisions where we are essentially playing with fire. And if you make these types of decisions over and over again, you're basically welcoming that fire right onto your lap. So can a man play with fire and not be burned is kind of the idea. And so one of the things that we can sometimes do with our phones if we're not thinking strategically about how to use them well when it comes to our walk with God is we can just carry around this fire almost in our pockets. We just carry this phone around in our purse and it's there and it's, it's really kind of like a raging fire in our lives. It's something that can actually consume us and can have lots of consequences when it comes to our own sinful desires. We're just welcoming an outlet for those things a lot of times when we have our phones around us this much and when we're on them this much as well. And so it's good for us to stop and think, well, it, what could I do to help eliminate some of that temptation to um, really kind of cut the legs out from that potential trade-off when it comes to uh, my phone? And so I think it, you can't go very far thinking about your phones without first starting there, right? Is that there's, there's sinful desires that we have that our phones and social media in particular do a great job of pulling out of us. And so it's good for us to stop and consider uh, why that is and how we might turn to those things in our lives. So that was the first one. The first trade-off is our desires. The second one is this, is distraction. So one trade-off that we can make if we're on our phones a lot is we can be distracted. We can live perpetually distracted and hurried lives. I think that's something that all of us have felt. We all tend to say that we're busy. One of the reasons that that is might be because of how we tend to use our phone or what some of those things uh, decisions that we make are. Proverbs 4, 25 through 27 describes following Christ like this. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So that's a description where we're called to walk straight ahead, to fix our eyes directly before us, to not swerve to the right or the left. There's a clear goal of following Christ and obeying his will that we're called to do if we're going to really live for him. Now, again, for us, that's just kind of a, a statement of a purposeful pursuit of following after Christ. But if we're not careful, some of the decisions that we make can cause us to swerve in our lives and almost live just this distracted life where we don't have that same central aim or ambition in our lives. We can, again, get kind of distracted from time on our phones. Um, I was thinking about this topic um, a little bit before this past summer, actually. So this is probably eight to ten months ago. It was actually right around when COVID hit was when I was really starting to look into this topic more in depth. And it was amazing to me because I'm the type of guy where I was like, you know, I'm not on my phone all that much. Um, I don't really, you know, I'm not a big like social media guy or anything like that. I, I'm sure I just use my phone for what I need to use it for. 
And especially for me working on the campus, like obviously I've got a lot of friends that I'm trying to help uh, grow in their faith and even just to hang out with and stuff. So I'm connecting with those guys and, you know, I'm using it for these different apps that can help me grow in my faith. So there's a lot of good ways that I was using my phone. So I was just kind of thinking like, well, my screen time's higher than I'd like, but it must be just filled with mostly good things. And it was amazing because I made just a few decisions where I was like, you know, I'm just going to see like how much I really am on my phone and is this all really necessary? So I made a few decisions uh, that really helped me to actually start getting this in a good spot. And so it was really revealing for me. I started doing little things like I, uh, I got an alarm clock and I actually set my phone in another room so that before I went to bed and the first thing when I woke up, I didn't grab my phone. Um, I started doing, uh, I set some goals on how long or how many times I was going to go to certain like apps or websites that I tend to default to in my life. And it was amazing just by setting those goals and following through on those goals for one week, I cut my screen time down by 60%. And I was like, wow, you know, I was kind of a guy who was like, oh, I'm sure I'm using it for good. And just for me alone, it was amazing to see how much of that time of my screen time I was just basically wasting. It wasn't even necessary things for me. I wasn't cutting out needs. I was just cutting out kind of the fluff of the ways that I used my phone. And so it kind of illuminated to me how distracted I probably was living throughout my day. So just kind of reverting my phone instead of doing other things that could really be helping me grow in my faith, helping me deepen friendships, whatever it is that I could be spending my time doing. Uh, Matthew 13, 22 says this, it says, the one who received the seed, so it's kind of talking about how people respond to God's word, uh, that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, so here's the Bible, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. And that's just an interesting statement there where the worries of this life can choke out the Bible in our lives. And I think when we live hurried, distracted lives on our phones, we are much more liable to that, I think, to almost leave no room where we've blocked God completely out of our headspace and out of our lives just by living distracted lives. And our phones can help us uh, or can harm us in living more distracted as well. Uh, this is another stat that I found from King University. The average user will tap, swipe, and click their phone two, uh, 2,617 times a day. Now, again, we, you might look at that, and that might seem high, and that might seem low. I don't really know. We don't think about our phones like this, but if I was to go up to you and say, hey, man, I've got this thing for you to do 2,617 times a day. Do you want to do it? You'd be like, holy cow, like, what is this thing, right? Like, what am I going to be doing? You know, fill in the blank for anything, really. It's like, brush your teeth. Wow, that's painful. You know, it's like, how do you try to think of what would even be anything else in our lives that would even come close to us doing it that many times a day? And so for us, that's, again, something that we can see that the more that we're on our phones, the more that we're tapping it, it's just kind of that thing that we go back to. And it's really hard for us to lock in on our priorities and uh, keep a good, clear headspace, like I was mentioning. Um, it's kind of like this. This is a way I was picturing it. But all of us have been in that situation before where we have something stuck in our teeth. You guys maybe have been there before. And you, like, get something stuck in your teeth at breakfast, and you don't notice it. And you just go the whole day. You're hanging out with people. They're all noticing it the entire day. It's, like, super obvious right there in the front. No one says anything to you the entire day. And then you're, like, there at nighttime. You're looking. Maybe it's after dinner. You went to the bathroom. You look in the mirror, and you're like, oh, no. And then you start to notice. You do your research. You're like, that was what I had for breakfast, you know? And you start going back, and you're like, man, I was living totally confident all throughout the day, and I had no idea that this was what other people were viewing me like, right? But that's how we can a lot of times be, I think, when it comes to our phones. We can think, no, nah, it's not a big deal. Like, 
I've got it under control. I can multitask, you know, like I can talk to this person and be on my phone as well. And we think that, but when you think about all the other people that we're interacting with, they can usually tell if we're listening to them. They can tell if we're on our phones all the time. They're probably a better judge of that than we are ourselves. We tend to think everything's cool, but when they look at us, they're like, man, this guy is distracted, right? Like I can tell that he is. I've noticed that my family can tell when I'm distracted and I'm on my phone. I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm cool. I'm hanging out with you guys. And they're all just looking at me like, dad, you didn't even just hear anything that I just said, right? And so that's how it can be a lot of times. It's a deceptive thing for us. We don't think we're distracted when we actually are. And it can grow to the point where we start to almost become addicted to it as well. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.12 says this in the Bible. It says, everything's permissible for me, but not everything's beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. And so again, for us, I think a lot of us in here would probably not say that we're addicted to our phones. That sounds like a pretty intense statement, right? But if it's something that has mastered us in a way where we just continually go back to it and it's difficult for us to say no, then there is at least threads of that. I'm not out here to like accuse anyone of being an addict or anything like that. But it's good for us to at least not dismiss that quickly and to really think about, well, how much self-control do I have with my phone? And is this affecting me negatively as well? A Bank of America did a poll and they found that 47% of U.S. smartphone users say they couldn't live without their devices. And again, that's them willingly admitting that. So that's only those people that do that. That doesn't really mean that there's people that, you know, there could be more people that are addicted than that don't realize that they are. So for us, again, it's just something that we had years and years of existence without smartphones. We could live without it if we wanted to. There would be some consequences that come from that. Like I said, there's some things that it adds that help our life, but it'd also probably be some good for us as well. And this can just grow to become something that distracts us and actually masters us in the end as well. And so here's just a few little quick things about what our phones can distract us from. I think I've got a few little blanks on your handout for this. The first one's people. So our phones can distract us from people. It could be when you're riding in the car with a group of friends and like everybody's on their phones instead of like interacting with each other. You guys have probably felt that before. Um, or you're in the same room and someone's talking to you, but you're not actually hearing them because you're reading something on your phone. Um, like I mentioned, that's happened to me a lot with my family. Um, God's word is the second one. So, or just God in general, but you could just say God's word too. Hearing God's word, focusing on that. Um, I, sometimes I've been so distracted even in like a, say like a environment, like a main session or something, or like a stumo night on your campus or something like that. I can be really distracted on my phone and not even really catch much of what the speaker's even saying, right? We've probably been there before. Um, so hearing God's word, even reading it, we can be reading the Bible and then, you know, get a ping on our phone. We look to that. We go back, look at it, go back. You know, we kind of keep getting distracted as we read as well. I think we can um, see that happen in our lives as well. And the third one is just being effective. We often think our phones make us more effective, but the more distracted that we are, we tend to think of that as multitasking, but sometimes it's just distraction and it actually makes us less effective. This was a crazy stat from UC Irvine and a study that they did. It takes 23 minutes to fully refocus on a task after a distraction. That was what they found. They were doing this study on distractions. I don't even think it was necessarily related to our phones even. But I was just thinking if it takes me, if it actually takes anywhere close to 23 minutes, every time I'm reading and then I look away and I focus on my phone and then I go back, I have to like almost relearn everything I was just doing for 20 minutes or so to get fully back to where I was in my mind. That was when I first heard that said, I was like shocked. You know, I was like, wow, I, 
I probably am never fully thinking about anything then, right? Um, and so again, that's just something that I think is good for us to consider is how our phones could cause us to be distracted. And what is it that it was? What is it that the phone could be distracting us from? I think is the scarier question. Is is there things that maybe it's God Himself or other people that are helping me grow that I'm being distracted from uh, because of my phone use? And so that's the second one that we have is our desires and our distraction. Uh, we'll have another one here: discontentment, and then we'll discuss it after this one here for a little bit. So discontentment is the next one that we've got. Our social media, the reason it is wildly successful, one of the reasons I should say, is that um, it feeds on comparison and on envy. Uh, Envy is wishing that you had or were like someone else. You had something that they had, you were more like them. That's what a lot of times social media feeds on. Other than just staying in touch with people, which I think is the good reason that we could use social media, I think a lot of times it feeds and taps into some of those things of envy and comparing ourselves. Uh, this was a multi-dimensional study that the Royal Society for Public Health said, but 63% of Instagram users reported feeling miserable in their study, is what they mentioned, which was higher than any other social media network. Those same users spent nearly 60 minutes per day on that particular form of social media. So again, they were just kind of talking about how depression rates, in a lot of ways, in the younger generation, Uh, is linked a lot of times to smartphone and in particular social media use. And so that's there's been a ton of studies that have been done on that. Uh, The report also found that social media was more addictive than cigarettes and alcohol. In fact, rates for anxiety and depression rose 70% among young people over the last 25 years. And then they kind of wrapped it up. They said social media can also cause depression and poor sleep. So that's another big kind of rising thing with young people is uh, poor sleep habits and poor sleep because um, of the effects that social media is having on us and just being on it that much. Now again, social media is something that can be good, that can benefit our lives, so nothing inherently wrong about it in the first place, but there are ways that sin can be manifested in our lives from our social media use, and I think it's good for us to acknowledge that. Uh, Proverbs 14.30 says this, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. So this is just a, a statement from the verse or from the Bible, from God himself, just helping us see the danger of envying other people and who they are and what they have, which, again, if we're honest, I think happens a lot of times when we're comparing ourselves to other people. Proverbs twenty three seventeen says this, do not let your heart envy sinners. So this is probably talking to someone who's following God and they're envying people who aren't following God it says, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. And that can happen to us sometimes, too, is we start even envying people who aren't even following God. And we start uh, that can mess with us in a lot of ways when it comes to following after Christ. Um, you know, this kind of helped me in a lot of ways. What I needed was a reality check, I think, when it came to my phone. And some, doing some of this research really helped me with that, helped me think differently about it. Um, another reality check I had in the last few years, um, I had some buddies on campus that were... Um, in a couple fraternities that um, I had some friendships with guys in. And they recruited me to play basketball on their intramural team. And uh, I was kind of looking at them and I was like, are you sure you want like an old man on your team? You know, I'm like 30 at this point. And I'm like, I'm not really sure that I'm contributing much. And they're like, hey, Jordan, we need an outside shooter. We need you, man. And I'm like, you guys sound pretty convincing. I need to relive my glory days anyways. Let's go for this, right? And so I joined their team, and I'm like, I'm starting to feel pretty good about myself. You know, the first game, I was kind of rusty. I was like, all right, I, gotta, I haven't played intramurals in a while. Here we go. 
And then the next game, I was like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit better. We get all the way to the last game of the season, and I'm like, man, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm like, I can still hang with these guys, you know? Like, I'm in my prime, maybe even. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. And so I'm here. I beat my guy off the dribble in this one particular play. And it was one of those games where, because all the refs are students that are, like, getting paid, you know? And so these guys just were blowing the whistle on every play. I mean, every single play was a foul. If you went in the lane, you got a foul. So I beat my guy off the dribble. I'm going up for a layup. And I remember that last minute. And I'm like, oh, wait. I can feel my guys chasing me. I'm like, I'm going to jump back into them a little bit when I go up. And I'm going to get an and one. And so I'm going. I'm ready. I'm about ready to go for the layup. But I decide last minute, okay, wait, I'm going to do that. So I take this half step. And I go to jump back. And right as I do, my knee buckles. And I just fall on the ground. And I'm laying there on the floor. I'm in major pain. Like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. That's how, that's how much pain I'm in. And I just, eventually that kind of fades. I'm looking up at the ceiling. And uh, I'm laying there on the floor and I'm thinking, this might be the lowest point of my life, right? Like, I'm a 30-year-old. I'm in an intramural basketball game and I just tore my ACL. Like, I'm just laying here. The trainer comes up and she probably is looking like, well, first off, who is this guy, you know? <laughs> Second off, like, did he just, t- yes, I did. I just tore my, so I tore my ACL. This was me at Christmas that year, um, hanging out, ironically, on my phone. So there we go. Um... But why do I share that story? I was feeling pretty good about who I was. You know, I was like, man, I'm in my prime. I'm feeling great. I just, I didn't even really think anything of it. And I needed that stark reminder right in front of me of like, Jordan, you are not in your prime, right? Like other guys, if they did that same move, they would not have torn their ACL if they're in college. I was 30. That's the reason that I tore my ACL. I needed kind of a wake up call in some ways that helped me to see myself in reality, right? Now, for us, when it comes to being on social media, I think that's really helpful for us, too, as well. Is it's good for us because when we go there, a lot of times what we're doing is, again, we're just continually comparing ourselves to other people. And we can do that, and we can either start to think, well, I'm better than everyone else. But even at the end of the day, we kind of know that that's filled with empty air. Like, we don't, we're not the ones that can actually declare whether we're better than other people or not. And I think we know that deep down. Or the reverse can happen. We can just assume that we're way worse than everyone else. And so that just continues to multiply in our lives. And we just think, man, I've got to make my life better. I've got to go on more trips. I've got to have more adventures. I've got to date a different person. I just need to look better so that on social media, other people will give me respect or they'll think that I'm great. And it's just good for us, again, to just kind of look at social media through that lens and what it could be doing on the inside of us. Um, Because it's more than just looking at pictures. It's more than just reaching out to friends, I think there's another layer to it that oftentimes we need a reality check in order to see. And so, again, why do we get discontent on our phones? Here's just a few thoughts. But one is that everything looks perfect. So when you're on social media, people don't just post oftentimes like pictures that just look kind of average, right? Like sitting in a chair right now, you know, it's like, no, not usually. It's like you're on a mountain, there's perfect water, you know, all these different things. We're graded by likes and comments. So that can make us feel insecure unnecessarily in our lives, just based off of that. There's always someone with a better post and more responses to that post. And we begin to think about our lives and how we line up to others. And we almost start to have this obsession with thinking about ourselves as we're looking at other people and we're grading ourselves compared to them. And that's what social media can start to train our brains to do. And so for us, there's this danger, I think, of us being discontent. Uh, that can be produced when it comes to our phones. 
Second um, Corinthians ten twelve says this: says we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. So God even says it right here that it's just not a wise way to live to constantly be comparing yourself to others. There's a good kind of comparison when you compare yourself to people that actually encourage you to grow in your faith more or something like that. That's a good, that's a good kind. But comparing ourselves to others in order to inflate ourselves or deflate ourselves, uh, God says that it's not wise and it produces harm in our lives. So go ahead and discuss this for a little bit, the past couple points that we had. How have you noticed time on your phone being addictive? So that was kind of what we talked about in the distraction part. Or in this part, creating discontentment in your life. Go ahead and discuss either one of what stuck out in those two points. So four potential trade-offs we could make that could harm us when it comes to our lives, and in particular we're thinking about growing in our faith. Our desires, and tapping into sinful desires, we can live distracted lives without even really noticing. Uh, they can distract us away from God or other people. Um, and then it can even uh, cultivate discontentment in our lives, cause us to feel worse about ourselves when we don't necessarily need to feel that way. It might be different than how God even views us himself. The last one is this, is our discipline. It can affect our discipline, cause us to become more lazy or even more apathetic. Uh, can cause us to waste time in a lot of ways, too. Um, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, we won't take the time to read it. But in here, in this passage, it's just one of many descriptions where following Christ again is described as like a race. And that only runners who are running the race are trying to win, right? And so it's talking about how we should live following Christ like we're trying to win a race, is the way that it's described. There is a goal at the end, and we're doing everything that we can to get to that goal. Uh, and again, when we're on our phones a lot, it's just easy for us to slip into this other type of lifestyle where like things don't really matter as much. We don't have as much urgency. We're just kind of like, oh, another 30 minutes went by, not a big deal. Where God's really calling us to think through the minutes that he gives us and think through how we can live in such a way that honors him uh, through those minutes. So to live with kind of that aim in mind. Uh, this is something I was thinking about, but you could take any of your screen time, whatever it was, however many hours a day it was. I put four hours a day up there in case you guys were smaller than those averages. I put eight hours a day and ten hours that went with the Baylor study that we talked about at the beginning. If you're on your phone, though, four hours a day, and again, not all time on phone is bad, so I'm not saying all of this time is bad. But if you're on there four hours a day, that'd be 28 hours a week. Uh, if you're on it eight hours a day, that's 56 hours a week. If you're on it 10 hours a day, that's 70 hours a week. Now, again, if I was to go up to you and I was to say, hey, I've got an opportunity for you to work a job while you're in school and it's going to be 70 hours a week, you would look at me and you'd think I'm absolutely crazy, right? Like I'm busy. I don't have you know, enough time to do that. And part of the reason that we might feel that way is because we're on our phones that same amount of time, right? And it's blocking out a lot of the time that we have. But again, you can look at that. We don't tend to think of, we're like, oh, four hours a day, not a big deal. But you start to say 28 hours a week, you're like, wow, that's a lot more time than I would want to say that I spent on my phone. But if you jogged it out even further, this is the one that kind of stuck with me. If you went even further on this and you thought through the next 50 years of your life, okay? So we're just going to assume that you live another 50 years. So that takes you up until about 70, somewhere in there, which hopefully you might live even longer than that. But we'll just say 50 years. What would this screen time be the equivalent of if you went over 50 years? How much time would you spend on your phone over the course of 50 years? For four hours a day, it would be 8.3 years of the next 50. If you spent eight hours a day, it'd be 
If you spent 10 hours a day on your phone, it'd be 20.75 years of the next 50 in your life. And again, we just tend to be on our phones. We don't really think all that much about it. We get sucked into it. But again, if I was to ask you, would you want to spend the next 20 years of your life on your, of the next 50 on your phone? And that's not even including sleep. So we're talking waking hours, right? You would probably tell me no, I would think. Like you probably wouldn't be like, yeah, I think that's a great investment. You know, you probably feel kind of like, man, that's a lot of time. Again, I'm not saying that that number needs to be zero years of your life. I think there's good things that we can use our phone for. But at the same time, I don't know that I want to make that trade. I don't know that I want to trade in 20 of my next 50 years for what the phone offers me. I think I want that number to be smaller. I want to live in line with my priorities. I want to have discipline to say I'm going to live for what really matters most, which is God and his purpose for my life. Uh, It made me think of Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth uh, is one of the greatest baseball players that's ever played. Uh, Definitely one of the best hitters, but probably one of the best overall players because he was a pitcher as well early on in his career, and he was amazing at that as well. And when he was at the height of his career, the Boston Red Sox, who he played for at the time, actually traded him to the New York Yankees, which this is just like, if you know anything about baseball, they are arch rivals, and that is just the craziest idea that they would trade away this amazing player to the Yankees. And what Babe Ruth did after that trade is he just absolutely dominated. Like, he grew even more as a player and became even more and more amazing of a, of a hitter, especially at home run records, all this, different th- all this different stuff. But what's even more shocking about this trade is what he was traded for. It goes down as, I think, maybe the worst trade that's ever been known in sports. It's kind of one of the – it's at least in that conversation. He was traded for $100,000 cash and $300,000 invested in a Broadway play. That's what Babe Ruth was traded for. They didn't even get a player in return, and they traded away one of the greatest baseball players that still to this day has ever lived. And you look at that and you're like, man, we, now we look back in hindsight and we're like, we have clarity on that. And we're like, what a horrible trade. What were they ever thinking? But here's my fear. I don't wanna go 50 years from now. I don't wanna be in that spot where I'm looking back at my life the same way that we look back on that trade. I don't wanna be like, man, I really wish I had those 20 years back that I spent on my phone, right? I want to think through, I used my life to the best way that I could to live and to honor and to glorify God. I want to leverage the phone to help me do that, but I don't want to allow it to take away from that at the same time. Uh, Proverbs 13, 4 says this, The sluggard craves and gets nothing, so like a lazy person craves and gets nothing, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. So if I want to be fully satisfied in life, it's going to take diligence is what God is calling me to here. And I want to live a diligent lifestyle and I want to use my phone in a diligent way. If I want more in life, like we've been talking about, it's going to take diligence and discipline as I've been talking about. So how does knowing that every time we say yes to our phone, we're saying no to something else, change how you view your time on it? Discuss that just for like 30 seconds. So hopefully for you guys... Hopefully this is helpful, again, for us to just get honest and try to think about our phones, maybe in a different way than when we walked in here, uh, and maybe start to actually think about our phones more purposefully and to say, I want to use this in the way that I want to use it. I don't want to follow it. I want to use it um, in a lot of ways. And so hopefully these potential trade-offs can motivate us in that way. And so I just wanted to close up by just looking at some quick next steps that we could take to help us in our phone use. There's a million steps that you could take. There's a lot that I didn't put on here that you guys could also think through for yourself what could help you. 
But here's just a few suggestions for you. And so the, the P on there is put helpful limits on your phone use. I mentioned this, but this is one of the things that helped me a lot is just setting like, and again, I had to be the one that still followed through on this. It's not like someone else was gonna do this for me. But I just said, okay, this many times a week, I'm gonna look at this particular website. Or even when I put my phone in another room, that was me just kind of putting limits on how much I was gonna be on it. I'd put some distance between that. Uh, when Macy and I go on dates, sometimes I'll just leave my phone in the car when we go out to dinner or something like that. Just again, just kind of put some distance there and uh, to just appropriately kind of break some of the addictive nature that can come from it. Um, you can actually set like standards on your apps and stuff. It'll shut down after certain amounts of time. I know that people do that sometimes. So just putting some appropriate distance that can help and even seeking like time to just think. When, when I'm in between things and there's not much going on, instead of just going straight to my phone, just to be like around and like talking to people or thinking about things uh, is helpful for me. So just putting appropriate distance between me and the phone uh, has really helped me. Uh, the second one is this, is to have accountability. This is really hard for us to just fully do on our own. You can have filters on your phone. I have one, it's called Covenant Eyes, that helps me, it flags anything that looks like impure and those types of things, and I have accountability on that. It sends an email to like some of my friends that helps me with that. Um, even bringing it up to the person that's helping you grow in your faith, and just like maybe you got some goals that you wanna set on your phone use, maybe they can help you to accomplish those goals. So having accountability. Uh, the third one is own where you can grow. There's probably, I would say for all of us, ways that we could better use our phone in a way that glorifies and honors God. But we want to own those things. We don't want to just dismiss it and be like, well, there's nothing wrong with my phone. And just not really pause and consider how we could be more Christ-like in the way that we use it. And so actually owning that, saying, yeah, I am off on this. I spend way too much time here. I, you know, this particular sinful pattern that I'm in, that might be something that I need to get help in. Just owning where you're at in it and being honest with yourself, I think, is really important. And then the end is new habits versus short-term goals. So it's really common when it comes to our phones to say, okay, for the next week, I'm not going to look at, uh, you know, any of them. You could say Instagram. I'm not going to look at Instagram for a week. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that could be really helpful. Maybe that causes you to think differently about that app or whatever it is. But oftentimes what happens after that week is we just kind of drift back into using it the exact way that we did before. And so that doesn't really actually lead to like long-term lasting change. And so we want to try to think through what are ways that I can build new habits that will actually sustain me over time. They're not just things I do for a few days and then go back to normal, but things that actually lead to lasting change that I want to make when it comes to my phone. And then the last one is this, is evaluate how well the phone delivers. Evaluate how well the phone delivers. What is the best investment of your time? What are the things that you care about the most? What is most important to you in life? And is me going to my phone in this particular instance going to help me with that? If, would I rather spend 20 hours of, or 20 years of the next 50 doing something different than me being on my phone? Those types of questions, I think, are good for us to start considering. To just to kind of cut the legs out a little bit from the addictive nature that our phones can be where we go to it and not even realize how much time we're spending on it. So we want to evaluate how well it actually delivers. So one thing I did want to say is this is one of the things that helped me to do that. This is actually in our bookstore down at the SMC store. It's a really good book called 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. 
uh, by Tony Rinke. I read that, and that was kind of what started me on this uh, journey of learning more about it. It's got a lot of stats and things in it, but also just a lot of helpful tips on how I can use the phone in a way that's really helpful. Uh, so I would definitely recommend that book. That kind of helped me as I was evaluating how well the phone delivers. That was one way that really helped me as well. And so just for the last minute, go ahead and do this and talk with the person next to you. What's a next step that you would like to take when it comes to your phone use? And then I'll wrap us up here in a sec. Hopefully this was uh, helpful for you guys as you kind of embark on this journey of trying to leverage our phone for the good. Uh, again, every time we say yes to our phone, we're saying no to something else. We want to make the right trade-offs that we want to make that help us. We don't want to make the wrong ones that end up hurting us. And so I uh, hope that was helpful for you guys. Now you'll have actually a 15-minute break. And in that break, you want to find your next breakout that you're going to. And uh, that'll start up at 2.35. It's a lot of the same type of topics, but check the app. And uh, you guys can check out the next one. Thanks, guys.